how good it is to come together. This is a good idea of God to say, encourage one another to come together. There's joy. You come together and we share. I know of people that, that uh, are doing it online and are, are uh, absenting themselves. There's something that happens when you get together with God's people, right? Did I, was that right? Yeah. Yeah. Something happens as we come together. It says not forsaking the assembling of yourself. You guys can stand if you want to up there in the balcony, but there are places if you want to, if you want to. After the children's part. Okay, talk to the kids then. Are they, are, are there are a few here and there are a few here. So, I'll just, I'll just uh, aim at them. Well, so if I went, you're ready, aren't you? So I, I go to Chipotle and I have a, a good burrito and then I come to you and I say, it is so good. It is so good. And you say, you know, just hearing you say that satisfied my hunger. And I don't need to eat now because I think I've tasted what you just talked about. Can you do that? Is that... Is that possible? Can you hear somebody? No, it doesn't really work that way, does it? We sang a song that said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, what is that saying? It's not saying that to, to read about God, it means to what? To experience. You can't experience a burrito secondhand, can you? <laughs> Does it work? Ethan, does it, can you experience a burrito secondhand? I mean, by just somebody talking about it? What do you think, Tim? You can. Uh. Yeah. I wouldn't pay six bucks to hear somebody talk about it. I, I think I'd want to chop down. Oh, taste and see that the burrito is good. We're not going to sing about it, but that's what we're talking about today, the experience of a good God. Thanks for picking those good songs. So what if, I'm going to ask you some what ifs now. What if God was so good? Is God good? God's good. So what if God is so good? That when you experienced bad things, kids, he turned them into good things. Wouldn't that be something? If he turned bad things into good. What if God was so good that you became good like God and actually imitated him? Is that too much of a stretch? He says, imitate me. To be imitators of God as beloved children. What if God was so good that you received so much from him and from his goodness that when you came to pray, all you could do was say, thank you, thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody ever find that from time to time where you start to pray and you, you can't even get to the request? You just, you just, you just, what if, what if God was so good? Here's a good one for you. That neb negative talk left your vocabulary. <laughs> Anybody feeling guilty right now? <laughs> what if God was so good that his goodness leaked out wherever you went? That it just leaked out. What if God was so good that instead of getting upset with your spouse, you got good? Like, I like what Graham Cook says. Why get mad at him if you can get good at him? What if God was so good that we learned to soak our problems in his goodness? Now, here's my question. Am, am I in dreamland today as I say these things? Am I, in, am I just saying some things that really cannot be grounded in the truth? Listen to what Paul said. Paul got a revelation of God's goodness. That's what I'm talking to you about, talking about the goodness of God today. And I want a revelation of God's goodness because Paul got it. And this is what he said. <coughs> he said, now, <coughs> excuse me, now to him who was able to do, and they tried to put it in words, and it was hard for him. So it's translated different ways. One translation says immeasurably. One says exceeding abundantly above all, thank you, above all that we can ask or imagine. Beyond what we can imagine, according to the power that is work, at work within us. So you play host to the triune God. Incredible as that sounds. You're the host of the triune God. And here this God is ready to do incredible things for all of you. For you kids, I hope you dream a lot about, about your future. You dream about what it could be like. But mostly you dream about what you could do with God and God with you. Okay, let's send them on their way with a prayer. Amen. Bless you kids. Go for it. Amen. The psalmist said, oh, taste. Finish it. See that the Lord is good. So do you want to read the menu or, or, or taste the meal? There were those, Jesus said of those, you search the scripture for in them you think that you have eternal life. These are those that testify of me. So the written word reveals the living God, and that's what we're after. Thank God for the book. It's real. It's alive. It's living. Thank God for the living Christ who is revealed in the book, who, who is good. And when we talk about good, we're talking about good in the absolute sense, not in the comparative sense. Because if, if I said he is a good basketball player, I'd say he's, what I'm saying is he's better than average. He's not the best, but he's good. When we say God is good, we're saying God is good in the absolute sense, meaning that there's, there's yes, he, absolute perfection. And so if God is good, everything about him is good. Every word about him is good. Every word can be trusted. Every action can be trusted. We cannot find fault in him. 
If you find yourself at times getting angry with God, we can understand. But God is, God is above. He'll, he'll, he'll respond to it. He'll understand it. But there's some misperception because God is good and he is always good. So we taste and see of God's goodness. The prodigal left home. Had he tasted of his own father's goodness at that time? Okay, we're having a dialogue here. Uh, he, uh, he smelled it for sure. So, uh, whether, whether he experienced it and could, t could speak about it, well, that would be a question. Some of you were, were uh, getting both responses here. But when he returned home, <coughs> he tasted. He tasted. Thank you. He wasn't ready. Yeah. When he got home, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. When he got home, he got the things that he wanted out there. He got the clothes, he got the ring, he got the celebration. And he, then he really tasted so that he could talk about it. He experienced it in a way that he could talk about his father. He experienced it as, as mercy. Finish this verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And? Okay. We often experience God's goodness as his mercy. When my dad was merciful to me after I'd messed up his car, I knew his goodness through his mercy. We know, we know God is good because we experience his mercy. It says, for you, Psalm 86, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy all that call upon you. He also saw his goodness in his generosity. Have you experienced God's goodness? Have you tasted his goodness in his generosity? Has he shown his generosity to you? He, he found that he had things that he wanted and he got them when he got home. And his father was generous. The psalmist says, Listen to this. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. Psalm 31, 19. God has a storehouse of goodness. And what if he targeted you? What if we, he wanted you to know his goodness so much that he targeted you and he poured out his goodness upon you? Is that far-fetched. David found himself the target of God's goodness. And it, it just poured out. So that he said things like this, blessed be the Lord God 
who loads us with blessings. Does God load you down with blessings? So that you can almost can't you almost can't contain them? You wanted to say something there, Chad? Yeah, that's that's uh, like last Okay. Okay. Cool. And you, you tasted God's goodness there, didn't you? Yeah. The elder brother never tasted his goodness. In fact, this is what his testimony was. I've slaved for you. And you've never given me a kid so I might Listen to what he says now. Make merry with my friends. He, he wasn't a family guy. He wanted to have a party with his own friends. Wasn't interested in the father. Never called the father father. He said, look. <clears throat> and it was frustrating the grace of a father who wanted to be generous to him. Do you know, can you prove that he wanted to be generous to him? What did he say to him? Okay, how did he start it? He said, my son. This guy didn't call him dad, but he called him my son. You are always with me. He wasn't with him, but the father was reaching out to the son who was just so distant. He had two, pardon? Yeah. There are two sons out in the field. One's out in the field, uh, scandalous uh, affairs, and the other's out in the field working, and they're, they're both far away. This guy's still far away, and he, he doesn't know how to get close to his dad. He didn't want to get close to dad. And the dad says, all that I have is yours. Now the father would like to say that to you today. You are a joint heir with Christ. And this son frustrated the grace of God who wanted to give. I hope there's nothing in you. There's not any wrong perception that makes it impossible for God to pour out his riches upon you or upon me. I don't want to frustrate it by a wrong picture, by something that has happened, by either pleasure or pain that has caused me to change my perception of God. As the elder brother changed his picture of his father, he had a picture of a father who was not generous, who was stingy. And if your picture of God is stingy, you will not see his goodness guaranteed. But if you picture him, you see him, you know him, and you start experiencing him as generous, then you're going to be like the prodigal, holding your hands out, and you're going to say, it's keep coming. I don't know. I can't get it. He keeps pouring it out. I don't deserve There it is right there. See, there's no entitlement. I don't ent I'm not entitled to any of this. It's just that he is good because he is good because he is good, and he just pours it out. That's who he is. That's how he operates. And my need is to understand the passion of God's goodness. That out of his storehouse, he loves to give his children. How many of you parents know it? It's fun to give your, ki your kids gifts. It's fun to give your grandkids gifts. You want to pour it out. Nothing, it has nothing to do with them, simply because of 
your relationship. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. I hope I don't get to heaven and the Father say, here are some things that I wanted to give you, but you weren't ready to receive them. I want to get them now. I want to receive the gifts that God has for me. Jesus said, he wanted to let us know, fear not, little flock. He's telling us about his Father. It is the Father's good pleasure. In other words, he likes to do it, to give you the kingdom, everything. You want to share? I was just with that I wanted to say this morning I was uh, studying uh, 2 Corinthians 16, 9, for the eyes of the Lord do to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose hearts are tender to his. And uh, what I was reading was talking about how God is a community. It's not that he, he needs to do this, but that he, that he is aggressive He is aggressive. He, f he follows us around. Listen to this verse that you've said before, but listen to it. Surely goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. What will they do? God's tracking you down like a hound dog. He's after you. He's going after you because he wants to give it to you. And he's, he, he, he wants you to be overwhelmed by his goodness so that it spills out on other people. I, I did something this morning, never done it before, but I looked up all the scriptures in the New Testament about goodness as it relates to works, and I found a long list. I was surprised at how long a list. God wants me to be good at works, to do good works, and I'll send this out to you. There are about 20 passages here. I'll just read a few of them. We're to overcome evil with good. We are to abound in every good work. We are to do good to all, especially to the household of faith. We are created to do good works. We are to be fruitful in every good work. Paul's benediction is that God would strengthen us in every good work and word. So how do we get that? How do we become good like that? There's only one way. It, we, it can't be manufactured in us. That's what, that's what Adam and Eve wanted. They wanted good without God. And they got good without God. When you get good without God, good becomes God, and you don't need God. You don't need the cross. Did you follow that? Goodness is not innate. Goodness comes because we're connected to a good God. And when we're connected to him, and we're receiving of his goodness, something happens inside of us, and we experience, we have the ability to impart goodness to others. And we do good works. And you can do good works. You know how to do it. You know how to give cookies to your neighbor that comes, that's, that's new to town, and that's looking for a place. You are good at good works. Say that. I am good at good works. We can do good works. Our job with regard to the world is not to tell them how bad they are. They know. Some of them know. It's to overcome that with good. To be so, so uh, marinated in marinating in the in the goodness of God, that it is released in our life like perfume. Paul talks about the perfume, the fragrance of Christians. That there's a goodness that we we just carry. We can almost not help it. It's just we're good because our God 
is good. I'm thankful, glad for what you said today. Of, of the world is a is a bad place, and yet our job is to overturn that. Is to we've got a virus. We've got a virus, and that virus can spread. And that virus is the goodness of God. And that's what God is passionate about. He's passionate about his own goodness. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up here, and then we're going to uh, bring you into a small group. Well, that Moose died. Yeah, a wonderful friend of ours, one who opened his home, his cabin up on the North Shore. We'll be going there next week. We'll be, well not, uh, yeah, we'll be gone. Uh, he opened up his home to the project, uh, Harvest Project, yeah. And, and Naomi cried, that that was good, Naomi, that you did cry, that she wept, she knows how to weep with those who weep. She's good at that. Listen to what David said. I would have despaired unless I had seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He came to experience the goodness of the Lord and it kept him from despairing. That's Psalm 27. The goodness of God can keep us from discouragement. I hope it can keep us from depression. <coughs> I would have despaired, but I, I came into the goodness of God and it tracked me down. What if God's goodness changed people from the inside out and he asked you to represent him on earth? What if God asked you to represent his goodness? And that was your job to represent it in your neighborhood. You could do it. You could do it if you understood that. And that people could come to say, God is good because I know you, you're his representative. Let your light so shine before men that they may see. See, people can see good works. They, can't, if you, if they can hear the words. And I think we haven't given enough works to back up the words. And if they see the works, let them, they, they, and then they'll glorify your Father who's in heaven. Then they come to understand that this God is really good. He's not, he's not just angry at you. He's not coming back and then want to send you to hell. White Moody said, if you preach about hell, do it with a tear in your eye. What if your spouse drove, drove you crazy and you retaliated with goodness? What if God's goodness leads people to repentance? Does it? Okay, so then how much goodness do they need from you or me? If, 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 if this will bring them to repentance, then I want to show them. I don't have to tell them where they're wrong, but if I show them goodness, then something in them will break. What if with every trial you opened the storehouse and God's goodness came? I'm speaking today about things that I've experienced in part, but I want to walk in this. Don't you? Amen. Don't you want to walk in the goodness of God? Don't you want to have so many? God wants to bless his people. Someone said it today. So that the word can get out. It's Psalm 67. 
uh, how does it go? He blesses us so that we can bless them. Then the nations here. Then those who are killing their infants and throwing them in the river to appease an angry God will turn around because they find out God is not angry. He's good. He's kind. He's loving. He wants your children to be with you. He wants them to know him, how good and how wonderful he is. And so it's our responsibility to project the goodness and the kindness of God. Now, is this impossible? Listen to this. Paul says, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, nor the heart of man conceived, God has revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And so you were right when you said that, Bob. We need the Holy Spirit working in us, the Holy Spirit producing in us. I'll tell you, I'm not this good. But God can do it in me. I know God can do it in me. Is there enough goodness to go around? Well, the psalmist said, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. So we can find it. And I'll, I'll just close with this. Jeremiah said, this is, this is wonderful, Jeremiah 32. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them and I will rejoice in doing them good. So not only does God give us goodness, but it makes him happy when he does it. He will rejoice as he gives goodness to you. So how is he going to show it to you in the days ahead? What's he going to do for you to say to you, this is how good I am. I'm going to prove to you that I'm good, and I'm going to, I'm going to show it. I'd just like us to, to pause here and pray, and then we'll, we'll break up into small groups, and I'll give you three questions to ask. I preached on this because I am, I am convinced that I need it. I desire it. I want to walk in this way. I want to walk in a way so that I go places. There are encounters. And I'm, I'm, I'm open. I think you know me. When I go places, I speak words often. I connect with people with words. I want to get better with the words. With letting people see how good God is as I'm his representative and you're his representative, that they see it and they believe. I believe in God now because I see it in you. So, Father, would you, would you be so good as to give us a revelation, a revelation of your goodness? Give us a passion for who you are and your character to the point where we're convinced beyond any any shadow of any doubt that you are overwhelmingly good, disabuse us of those thoughts. This is about me. This is about my failures. This is about my struggles. This is a, I had to say that to a, a young lady uh, from another country a couple, couple weeks ago who thought that it wasn't connecting for her. I said, it's not about you. It's about God's plan. He's doing something good. He's doing something good in your life. He's putting things together. Just keep wait, waiting on him and trusting him. Don't let your, don't let your heart change in your outlook of God because it had. It, it, she had a skewed picture of God. And I say to you this morning, don't let your picture change of what God is like because the Bible is clear. God is good. 
And so, Father, we confess our faulty image. I pray that you'd correct any lenses this morning so that we can see you with clarity, so that we can receive what you have to give us, not simply for ourselves, but so that a needy world can come to understand that God is good. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. And I'll rejoice in doing them good. Amen.